This podcast is brought to you by the Eisner Award-winning Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska, and by listeners like you. Go to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click Donate Now to become a supporter. Hi, this is Ed Brisson, writer of Cluster and Sheltered, and you're listening to The Two-Headed Nerd with Joe and Matt. Sort of break it, break it down like this. Broadcasting from the Ziggurat in Omaha, deep below the metro area, we are recording on International Clash Day. So today, we're going to be playing The Clash and Clash-inspired tunes all during episode 196 of THN, where we're talking comics and nerd news for the week of Wednesday, February 4th. The Clash was a band. That is correct. My name is Matt Baum. You can find me on the Twitter under the handle at Matt Baumstein. And when I'm not forgetting which helicopter I was riding in 12 years ago and whether or not it blew up, <laughs> I am riding the Comic Speculator blog for WordPoint.com. Too soon. To be fair, I was drunk out of my gourd well, during the you know. entire Operation Desert Storm. <laughs> And I'm Joe Patrick, that's at JoePatrick116 on the Twitter, and when I'm not washing my hands after every little spotted sneezing kid from an anti-vaxxer family comes into the comic shop, I'm the manager of Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska. I read that without taking a breath. You did a good job. In this week's episode, you're going to hear our reviews of Cluster, number one, and Superman, number 38. After that, we will review ten more of this week's new comics faster than Mitt Romney can get to his escape pod to flee the doomed orbiting GOP space station during the ludicrous speed round. Then we'll visit the THN Sanctum Sanctorum, where Mr. Sinister and Desaad are helping Joe and I review candidates to carry our three-parent child to term and discussing a couple of next week's comics. And finally, it's time again to play Ask a Nerd, where we answer one lucky listener's burning comic book questions. But... Before we get too inspired by the lunatic in Venezuela modifying his face to look like the Red Skull, true story. Oh, I read about it. Let's take a moment to consider the ramifications of modding our own bodies to look like Modoc and Dragon Man. I still like the idea personally. And then we can talk about this week's Big News! My body, my choice. Right on. Well, you're Modoc. Sorry. I get to be Dragon Man. I can do what I want. <laughs> Marvel Comics and Brian Michael Bendis have announced the writer's departure from both Uncanny X-Men and All-New X-Men this May. Bendis took on the X-Franchise in 2012 with the launch of All-New X-Men, which brought the original members of the team out of the past and into the present day. The relaunch of Uncanny X-Men followed soon after, following Cyclops' team of mutant revolutionaries. It seems that Bendis will wrap up the long-running plotlines of both series in a single issue, Uncanny X-Men 600. After a couple of rapid-fire restarts over the past years, the classic series will return to its original numbering. In a press release from Marvel, Bendis said that the upcoming Secret Wars event presented him with an opportunity to wrap up everything with a clean break, which I'm sure means that the newly renumbered Uncanny X-Men will be relaunched once again after Secret Wars has had its way with the Marvel Universe. Well, Marvel's not particularly known for restarting series like that. Oh, no, so no. I Certainly not. Certainly not. Hashtag sarcasm. Hashtag Marvel now. We're not starting this. Hashtag all new Marvel now. <laughs> Stop it. Though Bendis is leaving the X-Books, he has no intention of leaving Marvel. The writer renewed his exclusive contract with the publisher. Presumably, Bendis will continue to write Guardians of the Galaxy. He's also prepping for the return of his creator-owned properties, Scarlet and the United States of Murder, Inc., as well as Secret Wars Ultimate End with Mark Bagley and another unrevealed Secret Wars tie-in series. Speaking of his relationship with Marvel, Bendis said, quote, There's been some speculation that I'll be leaving comics because of other cool things going on in my life. I feel like Bendis talks like Daffy. Hashtag TV deal. Talks like Dan, uh, Daffy Duck. 
There's been some speculation. Perfect. <laughs> I can't maintain that. Come on. There's been some speculation that I'll be leaving comics because of some other cool things going on in my life. But I wanted to let everyone know that isn't the case. Is that Daffy Duck or Sylvester? That's, you're kind of Sylvester, but I like it. All right. I get it. Sometimes when people have something going on in other media, they tend to drift away from comics. But that is the opposite of what my life goals are. <laughs> that was awesome. End quote. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think whenever we do quotes, it's got, it just has to be I, some weird voice. <laughs> whew, we're going to have to walk a delicate line. So, Matt, where does Bendis go from here? And who takes over the X-Men after his departure? Where he goes, I think if you look at this list of what he's talking about here, as far as he's still doing Guardians of the Galaxy, he's got to tie up the Ultimate Universe. There's also Guardians Team Up, which hasn't launched yet, but he might not be... I don't think that's him. I think that's a list of... An ongoing... That rotating. might be rotating. Yeah. I'll bet he starts it, yeah, but yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. rotating. Right. He's also got the United States of Murder Incorporated. He's got Powers. He wants to bring back Scarlet. He's already writing a lot of stuff. He might not be going anywhere. He still has a very good stable of books here. Yeah, but when you think about it, like he was doing that much stuff anyway on top of two ongoing That's franchise books. That's true. Ultimate End and whatever else he's got going from limited. Secret Wars will be limited for of course. sure. Of course. I just find it hard to believe that he'll be relegated to Icon and one Marvel monthly i mean maybe uh, that's maybe he's ready I mean, to take a little break I, I presume that miles morales will continue somehow no oh, of course and it wouldn't surprise me if that ended up a project he was working on it's like a a spider-man book in 616 i could see yeah. that definitely right. more importantly who takes over the xbox i'm bad at this i don't know man i don't either and i was thinking about it really hard I would say that My, they were grooming Brian Wood maybe to do it, and that's the only reason they continued this Brian Wood series. Yeah, but that wasn't that great. I'm not saying it I mean, maybe it was not that great because he was handicapped by the fact that it had to be completely removed or something. It wasn't terrible. I'll say that. But I don't know. I honestly don't know who you give the X-Books to. My knee-jerk reaction is to say Hickman, but Hickman is taking a break from Marvel. Yeah. And not that, it, not that never say never, but... He's taking a break after Secret Wars is over. Right. Do we even know if the X-Books will Ooh. relaunch right away? Conspiracy! <laughs> I like right, I don't know. We know we're getting the uncanny in humans, and we've heard all this crap about Marvel trying to dial back the X-Men and the Fantastic Four. Yeah, but Marvel which, keeps saying that that's bull****. Of course they do. But Bendis, the brain behind uh, the X-Men going away and no mm. announcement hot on its heels. It's hard not to think about that conspiracy. It's true. When all is said and done and the universe writes itself and you've got all new Marvel, whatever it's called. Do you need a book like all new X-Men? Well, maybe this is where they scale back and all new X-Men goes away. Wolverine and the X-Men goes away or whoever in the X-Men goes away. I mean, they have too many X titles as it is. Right. So maybe this is their scaling back. We're all, we're just speculating here. It's a it's an interesting rest assured. Thought. We're following this one. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Just this morning, Marvel Comics has announced A Force, a new Avengers series spinning out of Secret Wars. Originally slated to be announced today on the View, Marvel segment was bumped from the show, <laughs> leading the publisher to release Sorry. the news to Mashable.com. The new title, which launches in May, will feature an all-female cast, including She-Hulk, Dazzler, Medusa, Nico Minoru, who I thought was dead. No. Uh, didn't she get... Oh, she just got her arm blown off. She got better. 
She got better. Nico Minoru from Runaways, a new cosmic character named Singularity, and other characters yet to be revealed. A-Force forms in one of the battle world zones, the feminist paradise of Arcadia, where an emerging threat forces an all-female group of heroes to form a new Avengers team. Miss Marvel's G. Willow Wilson and Angela's Marguerite Bennett will co-write the series. Love that creative team. With art by Jorge Molina. Love him too. And he's been gone for a long time, right? I had to Google him because I couldn't remember. I was confusing Jorge Molina with Paco Medina. Okay. And I feel real bad about it because I, I read the yeah, announcement. Rhymes. Don't feel too bad. I read the announcement and I read Jorge Molina. Oh, not that I don't like Paco Medina, but he's not like, right. I want it to be like a punchy, flashy. Jorge Molina is really good. Yeah. Jorge Molina is really good. A-Force will replace the current Avengers titles, which will conclude their runs before Secret Wars launch before which will conclude their runs before Secret Wars launches. G. Willow Wilson said, quote, Did they just call her G for short? I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. Willow? I don't know. We've purposely assembled a team composed of very different characters from disparate parts of the Marvel U with very different power sets, identities, and ideologies, said Wilson in the announcement. They'll all have to come together to answer some big questions. What would you sacrifice to succeed? What is being a hero worth? End quote. There's no indication whether A-Force will be a miniseries or an ongoing, but the cover features several characters wearing past costumes, reinforcing the multiversal aspect of Secret Wars Joe. It sounds like it is ladies' night in the Avengers Mansion. Are you having Cosmos with me, or are you going to another bar? I am into it. I think it sounds rad. Get my Manhattan ready. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Now, how come Carol isn't leading the team? I don't know. It seems like a foregone conclusion that Miss Marvel, or uh, pardon me, Captain Marvel leads this team. Well, Captain Marvel is already in Guardians of the Galaxy, so she's not necessarily on Earth. Well, it's Secret Wars, All Battle World, so who, All bets even, are off. who even knows who's where, right. what's what, or if any of the characters in this book are quote-unquote our characters. Yeah, no, that's true. It's, it's even hard just to talk about this stuff until we learn more about Battle World and Secret Wars. And, and I want to, real quick, I want to touch on the fact that Marvel released all of this information about a bunch of Secret Wars tie-ins in the last week or so. And while on paper they all sound kind of fun, it's hard to get very excited about them because how much do they really matter in the long run? Right. And are they are they previews to where these characters are going to be in the new Marvel Universe when they mash all this stuff together? Are they like convergence type stuff where it's just sort of like other world, whatever. And well, now it's gone. We were talking off mic earlier about the, the master of Kung Fu mini, right? Which sounds like a completely different version of Shang Chi that then we've come yeah. to know in Hickman's Avengers. He's run. in Kunlun, like he's washed up iron failure guy. Stuff. He's sort of a Jackie Chan drunken master or something. And so you've got this a force, which on paper sounds amazing. I love the writers. I love Jorge Molina. I love uh, the idea of a ca- an all-female cast of Avengers. Every time you say A-Force, I hear A-Hole Force in my head. Yeah, I know. A-Hole Force. Me too. <laughs> but then on the cover, you've got Captain Marvel from the 80s in her weird afro and yeah. puffy uh, winged white outfit. Which I love. I love too. But it's not how she looks now, right? Not exactly. You've got Rogue from her Jim Lee 90s era. Yeah. You've got characters that are not being represented in the way that we are currently familiar with. And so right. you have to speculate, are these even the 616 Avengers? How long will this last? Is this something that will stick? 
they made such a hoopla about making this announcement today that I have to believe they intend for this to be a lasting thing. Yeah, I mean, they were going to go on TV in front of Whoopi Goldberg and everyone and announce yeah. this. What did they get bumped for? That's what I want to know. I think know. Martha Stewart. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. But, oh, like housewives care about Martha Stewart more than the Marvel <laughs> U. Come on. People were really annoyed by two things. One, that Marvel thinks that anybody from their readership regularly watches The View. And you know, two, it's just because Joey Q is friends with somebody. That, well, it's owned by Disney, so. Well, regardless, but. It, they're I synergizing bet, their paradigms. I bet they know a, a producer or Whoopi loves it or something. Sure. And they're also mad that they sat through an entire episode of The View and then didn't get any Marvel news. <laughs> yeah, I'd be way more pissed about that. <laughs> I have a feeling this sticks around. I want it to. I, and I think it will. It's too hot and Marvel's making a big push to really bring their female characters front and center. Yeah. I find it hard to believe this doesn't stick around, but it is difficult to report on until we know more. Speaking of continuity, not mattering. Here we go. The new 52 is dead. Long live the new 52. You thought we weren't going to cover this, did you guys? Yeah. Just this morning, DC announced that after this May's convergence event. No, no, no. It's in all caps. Remember, we're screaming. Oh, I'm sorry. Convergence event, which sees Brainiac smashing together different universes from the DC multiverse. (coughs) <coughs> battle world <coughs> they would be kicking off a whole new new 52 minus three allow me to explain according to dc this is not another reboot or relaunch no sir and 25 of their current titles will continue without a numbering change they will be joined by 24 titles for a total of that's right 49 monthly comics just like they always planned Here's the official quote from DC Entertainment co-publisher Dan DiDio, taken from this morning's press release. Quote, This heralds in a new era for the DC Universe, which will allow us to publish something for everyone, be more expansive and modern in our approach, and tell stories that better reflect the society around us. Yeah, I feel like DiDio sounds like Dr. Phil. Whether you've been a fan of DC your whole life, or whether you're new to comics... <laughs> There will be a book for you beginning in June. You kind of sound like Ernie or Bert. I'm not sure which one. (laughs) Hey, Bert. Now, Matt, there's way too much for a former DC hostage with serious Stockholm syndrome like me to get into here. But are you ready for DC's Sublime 49? I don't know. This is... we. I think we all have looked and said, the train is going off the tracks. They're in serious trouble. They're launching stuff, canceling stuff, launching stuff, canceling stuff. This is a company in serious dire straits as far as their sales goes. Well, we talked about the rumor that DC was looking for editors to pitch, quote unquote, blue blue sky sky thinking (laughs) projects or whatever. Things very similar to uh, what Mark Doyle is doing in the bat office, you know, quirky books, fun books. Uh, books with female leads, whatever you want to, however you want to classify books these like books. like Arkham Manor, which is getting canceled. I don't get it. <laughs> it's so weird. Uh, I don't know. Or maybe Arkham Manor was always intended to be short. But well, but also Jerry Duggan, who was writing it, has just signed a uh, deal with Marvel. Oh, so well. He's exclusive with Marvel, so that could be why. Hey, yo. So this might be born out of DC hearing the fans, hearing the criticisms, seeing the sales slipping, seeing sales rising when uh, creators are allowed to create right. what they want with less oppressive oversight. And I see that as an encouraging sign. We're not going to get into the full list of titles here. We're going to devote the 
answer of the week to this. It's just too big. And honestly, we need you guys to help us wrap our heads around this where we're at. So we're going to post a link to a couple of different news sites in the show notes where you can get the full rundown of what DC is doing. Like what's canceled, who's changing what, honestly, and the new titles. Honestly, you can go to any comic book website today it and find it on the front page. Biggest story of the day. So there will be more about this topic on episode 87 of the answer of the week. Now, Joe, you might be saying to yourself, the next answer of the week is episode 86. Hey, you're right. We still got to talk about what that's favorite remakes. We still got to talk about your favorite remakes. So stay tuned for more on this one. Rest assured. We are all feeling so many feelings. So many that we need to cool down a little bit. Should I stay or should I go now? That is the big news for this week. If you'd like to discuss these stories or anything you think we'd missed, hit us up on the THN forums where Joe and I are proud to announce that we will be leaving the untold tales of the two-headed nerd with the hope that we can still persuade Bendis to ditch his Marvel contract and get this series off the ground since, you know, we can't be bothered to. Every Sunday, the exclusive to no one, Joe Patrick posts the I'm question. I'm my own man, damn it. <laughs> posts the question of the week in the THN forums. Joe, I think they see what's coming, but tell them what Ooh. we're asking the listeners this week. This week's question. You heard it here, but probably not first. The new, new, not 52 or the sublime 49. You can use that if you want, but you're going to have to pay for it, DC. Okay. <laughs> is on its way this June. We want to know your thoughts feelings, rants, and reactions to the new titles, creator changes, and whether or not it's even the right thing to do. If you're a longtime DC fan that was turned off by the New 52 and this news has you hopeful again, I want to know why. I want to know what books. Yeah. If you're a New 52 fan for God knows why and you are mad as hell, I want to know about it. And if you were just hoping to see a bullet in the head of the New 52 altogether, tell us about that too. Yeah, we're just we're just going to... We're just going to get together. We're, gonna We're just going to feel gonna it. We're going to feel it. You have until 5 p.m. this coming Friday, February 13th. Our bad luck Valentine's Day show. To get us your answer. You can call and leave a message using Skype. The Skype handle is 2 nerd as always. Or you can call the Ziggurat hotline 402-819-4894. Or you can send an MP3 to 2 nerd at gmail.com. Whatever you do, keep it on the short side. Sum up your feelings succinctly, three minutes or less. If you need more time than that, you better believe we'll be talking about this on the THN forums in the question of the week section. It's review time on THN where Matt and I take a break from our Groundhog Day festivities to review two of this week's new comics. Matt, if you're done cleaning the puke out of your Punxsutawney Phil costume, Tell the kids about what you've reviewed this week. I get irresponsibly drunk every year for Groundhog Day. It's a party holiday. It's crazy in Omaha. I don't know where you are. I call it amateur night. (laughs) This week I reviewed Cluster, number one, from Boom, written by Ed Brisson, with art by Damien Cusiero. Sure. 32 pages, $3.99. The creative team that brought you the Sons of Anarchy comic adaptation, which was really good, I might add, switches gears to tell the tale of a world-hopping sci-fi story about a future where lawbreakers have the choice of prison or military service, fighting a never-ending war off-world. It's here we meet our main character, Samsara, just after a drunken car accident. She wakes up in the street, and artist Cusiero cleverly turns the art on its side to put the reader and her point of view. It worked very well. From there, Samsara wakes up after two years cryosleep, landing on an alien world named Midlothian. 
The opening scenes have a very familiar Blade Runner and Aliens feel, but as more of an homage, it doesn't feel like Cusiero is lifting scenery or ships, just the atmosphere, and it makes a sci-fi nerd like myself feel right at home. The book changes to a familiar prison scene complete with a fight in the mess hall where we see that there's more to Samsara than we thought. There's other aliens in this prison too, so it's not just humanity fighting for dominance of other worlds. It's almost not important who it is, truthfully. Brisson does a nice job using the old warden, laying down the rules for the new inmates to bring readers up to speed for the prisoners in the army and what's going on with the battle, but it doesn't feel cliched. Cusiero's art reminds me of Edward Eduardo Rizzo at times, which can sound like a really strange choice for a sci-fi comic, but he works really well here. You know what it thought me? Uh, it thought me. It thought me. You know what it reminded me of now that you are talking about people being pressed into military service? Edge of Tomorrow. Very much so. Oh, I'm sorry. Live, die, repeat. <laughs> Colon, Edge of Tomorrow. There you go. You get a lot of story and action balancing the setup and execution really well here. The story isn't anything new, but it never comes off as lazy or cliched. This is just a well-executed sci-fi action comic with solid art and storytelling. Like I said, fans of Aliens, Blade Runner, Starship Troopers, uh, you just mentioned it, and I'm- Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow are going to feel right at home here. I'm giving this a buy it. Yeah, I really liked it too. I thought the art was great, and there's nothing groundbreaking necessarily about the plot, uh, it's just a really well done, exciting uh, story about people being put in an impossible situation yeah. and having to survive. The The action is super fun and fast paced. Like I said, the art was really nice. I'm giving it a buy it too. I'm just, really looking forward to more. My expectations for this comic, I didn't even have any. I didn't either. That's not even fair to say that they were low. I just, it wasn't on my radar. And nothing to... Very not, pleasantly surprised. Not to take anything away from the Sons of Anarchy book, but... I liked it and I read the whole series. It was fun, but it is a tie in and they're working with someone else's universe. I don't know if that's easier or harder or whatever, but I just, I didn't really think of either of these guys as creative forces until I read this and I went, Oh man, these guys can really take an, a, a, an original idea and run with yeah. it and have a good time. Ed Brisson writes sheltered, which, which fantastic. I have not read beyond the Fan first issue, but fantastic. I hear really good things about it. So he's one to watch. I think Joe Patrick, I heard a rumor. Whoa, Doctor. I heard a rumor about Superman 38. Ooh. Lay it on me, buddy. Buddy. This comic book is published by DC Comics. It's written by Jeff Johns with art by John Romita Jr. It's $4.99. It's expensive. It's thicker, though. Was it 40 pages? Yeah, it's had extra pages. Okay. Here's the solicit. An extra-sized special issue of the world's greatest superhero brings in the new year with a new costume. Check. New powers. Check. And new friends and enemies. Short check. check. <laughs> the epic team of Jeff Johns, John Mita Jr., and Claus Jansen conclude their first arc with twist after twist that will send Superman onto a new path and force Clark Kent to make a shocking decision. Check. Plus, John Romita Jr. draws Batman. Check. check. <laughs> Everything in the solicit happens. It's true. Everything. Not that lately. That's been an issue. Hey. Jeff, no pun intended. Yeah. Jeff Johns and John Romita Jr. conclude their first arc on the Man of Steel self-titled series as Superman deals with the tragic threat of hero-turned-villain Ulysses. Ulysses was introduced at the start of the storyline as a sort of reverse Superman, the son of human scientists who mistakenly sent their son into a different dimension when they thought the Earth was about to be destroyed. Whoops. Bad move. <laughs> 
the new hero traveled a pretty predictable arc as his alien morals clashed with Superman's and his motives proved to be too good to be true, leading to the destruction of his adopted world, et cetera, et cetera, tales all the time. Johns wraps up the Ulysses plot pretty quickly, leaving the bulk of the issue to deal with the aftermath. While you could see Ulysses turn coming from the moment of his introduction. See, I just always thought he was going to replace Superman. <laughs> sure, forever. What really set this issue apart for me was the way Johns was able to deliver several solid bits of characterization that did more to make Superman feel like Superman than anything else published in the New 52 to date. Johns as Superman acts almost in defiance of the way he's been portrayed in other comics and media. He extols the virtues of letting humanity build its own future, stops in the middle of a fight to console millions of displaced refugees, and actively works to prevent civilian casualties during his battles. Even Ulysses, a character that thought he'd lost everything, is left on a hopeful note. Further, John seems to massage Superman and Clark Kent back into a more traditional mold that isn't as concerned with being edgy or different. Clark's back at the Daily Planet, his stupid f***ing blogging career has been excised. <laughs> his friendship with Jimmy Olsen takes a huge leap forward in a way I'm really excited to read more about. And the new 52 costume has been obliterated and replaced with a new suit that's still a far cry from the red trunks, but a damn sight better than the nano suit armor designed by Jim Lee and Cully Hamner. It was definitely better. I agree. It's not even that different. No, it's just different enough for me to be okay with it. Yeah, it doesn't have all the stupid lines and pads. It's, it's way dialed down on and the 90s edge. Does Superman need armor? Yeah. It's like, should we put the thing in armor too? Come on. <laughs> Maybe this is the cranky fanboy in me talking, but this hit almost all of my buttons. John's debuts Superman's much ballyhooed new power in this issue in an intense sequence drawn by John Romita Jr. Superman discovers either through the natural evolution of his powers or the influence of Ulysses that he can release all of the solar energy stored in his cells in a massive super flare incinerating everything within a quarter mile and leaving him temporarily powerless. Like when uh, Johnny Storm goes Nova. Exactly. It's a fun idea, and Johns has promised to explore the destructive nature of the power and Superman's fear of it in upcoming stories. The art by John Romita Jr. is... It's art by John Romita Jr. Yeah. At this point in his career, I don't think he's going to convince his detractors, but I've always loved his work. Paired with inker Claus Jansen, Romita's panels are sketchy and raw, but still packed with detail when they need to be. Romita is a master draftsman, and his ability to tell a sequential story is undeniable. I really loved the final battle with Ulysses as both supermen erupt with power, giving the fight a real sense of scale. Between this series and the amazing work being done by Greg Pak and Aaron Cooter on Action Comics, Superman is in a better place than he has been in several years. I'm really looking forward to what Johns has in store. I'm happy to be reading monthly Superman stories again. Editor's note, the New 52 revamp news revealed that Jeff Johns will be leaving Superman Correct. by June... Jean Luen Yang, Jean writer Luen. of American Born Chinese and The Shadow Hero, That's is taking over. Crazy. I couldn't be more excited. Crazy. Speaking of this issue, though, I'm loving it. I'm giving it a buy it. I'm giving it a buy it, too. Did you read it? I, I didn't did. think you would. No, I read it. Why wouldn't I? Well, I just figured you hadn't been reading. I thought you would be way better. I just picked it up and read it. Oh, and, right. and honestly, not even knowing. I, I read like the first part of the Ulysses story, so I knew what was going on with that character. 
But just picking it up and reading it, yeah, this was like picking up and reading a good Superman comic. It reminded me of what I used I used to like about Superman. We both hated the nano suit. Glad it's gone. I like the step that they took with Jimmy Olsen in this one. Very cool. Superman should be at the fucking Daily Planet because he's a reporter first and fucking foremost. <laughs> All right. And I, I think Jeff Johns has an uncanny ability to work within the confines of what's happened before. And like you said, massage things a little bit to bring it back to what we like about these characters. Jeff Johns has always demonstrated an ability to take things from the past and present them in a new way along with new ideas. Whether or not he's changing it or returning it. And make it amazing. And this is a side of Jeff Johns that I don't think we've seen in a long time. I agree. And that's what I was going to say next. We haven't seen him doing that lately. And it's nice to see it again. I thought the fight with Ulysses and Superman was awesome. Totally awesome. And even though I've been down on J.R. Jr.'s art as of late. It's not perfect. And you either kind of love it or hate it. Right. It did look really, really good. And it reminded me what I love about J.R. Jr. I'm also happy to be reading two really good Superman comics. Giving this a buy it. So that's a double buy it for both Cluster Number 1 and Superman 38. As always, we want to know what you conscripted space soldiers and costume-changing heroes thought of these comics. So show off your new tights and your opinions over at the THN forums, which you can find by clicking the forum button at twitternerd.com. I left my tights at home. How embarrassing. Yeah, I'm wearing my top, but not my tights. Oh, they weren't clean. I'm not going to go into why. He's bottomless. It's a real scene. After begging the GOP leadership to heed his warning that an asteroid the size of Rhode Island was on a direct collision course with their small moon-sized space station, codenamed the Lone Star, Mitt Romney bade farewell to the other GOP presidential hopefuls. And this past Tuesday, just as he predicted, asteroid Clinton V-590 did indeed collide with the orbiting GOP headquarters, leaving it crippled and off course. But not before Romney jettisoned from the Doom Station in an escape pod. So join Joe and I as we track the former presidential hopeful on his re-entry while we discuss his trajectory and review 10 more of this week's new comics. Looks like he's going to land just off the coast of North Korea. During this week's ludicrous speed round! Ludicrous speed! Go! King, Jungle Jim, number one from Dynamite. I admit, I don't know a damn thing about Jungle Jim, but I know he wasn't a shape-changing jungle spirit back in the golden age when he was created by Alex Raymond and Don Moore to run as a companion strip to Flash Gordon. Here, Jim is a living myth that haunts the jungles of Arborea and seems to be giving Ming the Merciless a real hard time. We meet Prince Baron's friend, Lily Davril, another updated golden age character who now seems to be a blue-skinned Arborean. Lil seeks Jungle Jim with the help of two beast men, one a gay rhino who fell in love with a Hawkman soldier. Not making this up. This was a fun read by Jeff Parker, but Sandy Jarrell's art was a little jarring in some panels. These King comics are weaving a cohesive universe for the Golden Age King characters, and they've all been fun so far, giving it a strong skimming. Was Jungle Jim always tied into Flash Gordon? No. Or it, did it just launch at the same time as Flash Gordon? It wasn't tied in. It was just a companion comic about a hunter in the jungle. In the Earth jungle or in the Mongo jungle? Earth jungle. What the f***, dynamite? That's, <laughs> they got to get it in there somehow. Guardians of the Galaxy slash X-Men Black Vortex Alpha. Number one from Marvel. Star-Lord writer Sam Humphreys ushers in the latest crossover event between the Guardians and the all-new X-Men, and I have to say... 
I think it's going to be pretty great. Love Humphreys. Humphreys' dialogue is laugh out loud funny at times, and the story is fast-paced and action-packed. Unfortunately, the art and coloring are pretty inconsistent throughout the issue, but it's just nice to have a fun, low-stakes story that doesn't make or fail to match claims that it'll shake the Marvel Universe to its core. I didn't even know they could do that anymore. Yeah, sometimes it's okay to just have a story and let it be fun and speak on its own merits. Stand on its own two feet. Stand on its own merits. Survive on its own merits. Speak to its own two feet. (laughs) I'm on board for this crossover, and listen, I read so many comics to get caught up for the things that I chose for my stupid five this week (laughs) that I read the entire eight or nine issue run of Legendary Star-Lord and it really grows on you. Yeah, I heard it's great. Yeah, I'm giving it a buy it. Postal number one from Image slash Top Cow slash Minotaur. That's a lot of stuff. Physicist and think tank writer Matt Hawkins tells the story of a mail carrier with Aspergers that gets a little too deep in the secrets of his town, Eden, where criminals get their last chance to fit in society, but crime is punishable by death. Whoa. Well-written stuff here by Hawkins, who writes convincing autistic without making him seem crippled or incapable, and really good art by Isaac Goodhart. This is an interesting story, not fantastic, but I gotta say, I might check out issue number two. I'm giving it a strong skip. People completely ignored this book at Legend this week, and I've heard nothing but good things about it. Really? Yeah. Velvet, number nine from Image. I'm so happy I spent the time to catch up on Velvet before this issue came out. Velvet is so good. Wonderful. 70s spycraft from the legendary Captain America creative team of Ed Brubaker and Steve Epting. This is as perfect as comics get. Everybody go buy Velvet. Buy it. Rat God, number one from Dark Horse. Good news. Richard Corbin is still obsessed with H.P. Lovecraft and still writing and illustrating terrifying stories as inspired by him. Here we get all my favorite Corbinisms, including long faces, full frontal male and female nudity, totem poles, and of course, a panther. It was a little hard to follow the story, but this seemed to start in pre-settled America with two young natives running from other natives. We then flash forward to the 20s with racist white character, who may or may not be H.P. Lovecraft, meeting a native who knows a little too much about his past, and creepy weirdness ensues. I love Corbin's art, but it is an acquired taste. I love Richard Corbin, and I don't care who knows that. I love him, too. I like to call him the Fernet Branca of horror. Oh, well, Fernet Branca is a digestif that may not be for everyone. I find it delicious. And once you figure him out, you'll love him, too. I'm giving it a buy it! That does not make you sound more impressive. <laughs> but it does make you sound worldly and drunk. Imperium number one from Valiant. Valiant does it again with a completely accessible new series that still builds on the stories that have come before. This is fucking awesome. The world's most powerful superhuman is on the run from the world's governments, but that's not going to stop him from building an army to carry out his plans. What happens when the bad guys believe they're the good guys? Outstanding art by Dougie Braithwaite. You do not need to have read a single panel of a comic featuring Toyo Harada to understand this comic. If you have read them, you will be all it will be all the more enriching for you. Absolutely. This is an absolute buy it for anyone. New Zodiacs, number one from Astronaut Inc. This is billed as a story of 12 people that receive powers from the 12 zodiacal signs, but instead I'm sorry, that's zodiacal. Zodiac. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but instead we get the story of a hacker who calls himself the Liberator. L-I-B-E-R. A-I-D-E-R. See him working? Uh, Libra? I guess. He and a team of other hackers are taking on an all-controlling corporation that runs 
everything. But one by one, the hackers are being killed off. And the Liberator may be next. I'm not really sure where this story was going. It was a little spastic and hard to follow. Not great dialogue either with almost mustache-twiddling bad guys, but pretty solid art. There's promise here, but they need to focus the story. Joe St. Pierre, right? Was the guy? He did everything. Yeah, wrote and... I remember his him from the 90s. I really liked him back in the 90s. Oh, I didn't recognize his name at all. Giving it a skin. Lobo number five from DC. Why did you read this? Hey, it seems I've already <laughs> thrown out my resolution to stop forcing books I don't care about onto my reading stack each week. Welcome to Matt Bomb Country. In fact, I read the entire run of this series in one sitting just so I can tell you that Lobo is a completely bland series with nothing much to get worked up about, good or bad. Good news, going away. Yeah. As dated as he was, the new Lobo is far less interesting than the 90s version, and after five issues, there's still no compelling reason to care what happens to anyone in this book. There is some really nice art here by Riley Brown and Allison Borges, but it's not enough to keep me interested. This is a textbook skimmit. No joke. I would say leave it. Well, but, but that's that's just it, right? It's right. like it wasn't bad. It okay. wasn't good. It is it is C. It is the Taco Bell of comics. It is 100% <laughs> average. It is mediocre. No kidding. I read five issues of Lobo, nine issues of Star-Lord. Oh, now you're just bragging. I, I went crazy. What was I thinking? <laughs> uh, four or five issues of Superman because I was behind on that too. Moving right along. Uh, the Nameless, number one from Image. Writer Grant Morrison re-teams with Batman Incorporated artist Chris Burnham for a reality-twisting dark sci-fi tale of the end of the Earth and the one nameless magician adventurer that could save us all. This was another weird and beautifully illustrated story from these two masters of their genre, but it really only made me mourn the loss of a Hellblazer comic that could have told this story starring a character I used to love. Which is no fault of either of these creators, no. I should add. There's a lot of cool setup here, and you can't miss the Indiana Jones meets John Constantine blend of the main character. By now, we all either love or hate Morrison's spastic storytelling. I find myself firmly in the love him camp, and Burnham is probably one of the only artists working that can hang with this kind of narrative. I'm giving this a buy it. I think it's just he called crazy. It's, it's B-A-N-A-N-A-S bananas. <laughs> I think it's just nameless, like I, I talking think right. heads. I think it is just nameless. Cobra, number 19, from Cobra Press. Cobra is back, and I couldn't be happier about it. Michelle FIFA introduces additions to the Cobra team. Mike Fife. Mike Fife, <laughs> as they get back to what they do best, doing the government's dirty work. FIFA creates a breathtakingly beautiful experience with every single issue. And this is no exception. Half the fun comes from trying to figure out what classic Marvel and DC characters he's drawing inspiration from with each new introduction. If you haven't checked out Copra yet, this isn't a bad place to start. It's the start of a new arc. It's an absolute buy it. 100% get on board with Copra. DC is doing whatever they're doing in June, and somehow this is the perfect chance to get FIFA to write Suicide Squad, and they're not letting him do it. <laughs> what the f***? That is your ludicrous speed round, and brrr, it's the sound of the Liberator being suddenly disconnected from his interface, as seen in this week's issue of the new Zodiacs, number one. Now, be sure to head over to the THN forums and let us know what you thought of these comics or anything else that came out this week in the new comics section. It's the right thing to do and the nerdy way to do it. 
Who are you, Wilford Brimley? <laughs> That's right. The ethics of genetically creating three parent children has been debated in the British Parliament this week, but Matt and I have no such time for ethical arguments. We're busy men. So this week in the THN Sanctum Sanctorum, we're joined by Mr. Sinister and Desaad to discuss a candidate to carry our genetic abomination to term. You mean baby. After much discussion, it seems Wonder Woman or She-Hulk might be the only two strong enough to survive the birthing process, but maybe we should discuss how important the mother's survival is in the grand scheme of the great destroyers, pardon me, our child's birth. Yes, yes, of course. While we mull that over for a minute, Matt, why don't you tell the kids what you're excited to read next week? <laughs> Dark <laughs> Scrim. My fifth grade next week is Divinity, number one, written by Matt Kent with art by Trevor Harrison. I love that guy. He's your solicitor. I give him three months. From, yeah, unfortunately. From New York Times bestselling writer Matt Kent and blockbuster artist Trevor Harrison. I just said that. You know what? I think it's only a miniseries anyway, so he's probably all right. Yeah, regardless. Comes a shocking new vision of 21st century science fiction in an all new prestige format limited series. At the height of the Cold War, the Soviet Union, determined to win the space race at any cost, greenlit a dangerously advanced mission. They sent a man farther into the cosmos than anyone has gone before or since. Lost in the stars, he encountered something unknown, something that changed him. Long thought lost and erased from history books, he has suddenly returned, crash landing in the Australian outback. The few that have been able to reach him believe him to be a deity, one who turned the scorched desert into a lush oasis. They say he can bend matter, space, and even time to his will. Earth is about to meet a new god. And he's a communist. Oh, sh- How long can it be before the first confrontation between mankind and divinity begins? Oh my god, this sounds great. Awesome! <laughs> Matt Kent is ma- like, that dude flips people's wigs for a living. He's ah, so good. I'm, I am excited. Joey, what are you reading next week? Oh, quite frankly, I'm getting tired of picking Star Wars comics. Well, here you are doing it again. My pick for next week is Darth Vader, number one from Marvel Comics, written by Kieran Gillen, with art by the occasionally questionable Salvador La Roca. <laughs> Here's the solicit. The original Dark Lord of the Sith stars in his first ongoing series. Ever since Darth Vader made his first on-screen appearance, he became one of the most popular villains to ever haunt an audience's dreams. Now, follow Vader straight from the ending of A New Hope and the pages of the new Star Wars comic book into his own series, showing the Empire's war with the Rebel Alliance from the other side. Writer Kieran Gillen and artist Salvador La Roca bring us a peek behind the mask of evil. Nice pronunciation of evil. Yeah, like it's the (laughs) fruits of the devil. Evil. This sounds awesome. And Kieran Gillen's made to do stuff like this. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be rad. Look, it's going to be totally rad. And for once, we're not going to get pissed about Salvador La Roca, like drawing pictures of movie stars. Yes, because that's exactly <laughs> what you want. Right. I want a Gamorrean guard to look like a fucking Gamorrean yeah, guard. Absolutely. Yes. I like Salvador La Roca. I do too. I, I, a very I talented man. He is absolutely very, very talented. Darth Vader of villains in solo books. Always fun. Also difficult. Hard very. Right. Because at least with Darth Vader, he's a tragic villain, you right. know, and we know what is going to happen to him yeah. down the line. He's not space Hitler. He's he's like, space good guy turned he's bad. Space Goebbels. No, absolutely not. <laughs> you need to check your World War II. He's space history. Mussolini. Abs- no, again. 
Okay. Well, Space Mussolini was dismembered and drugged behind a tank. Oh, by the way. Well, that's what happened to Darth Vader, right? Sorry, that was real Mussolini, not Space Mussolini. It was. That's how Darth Vader was dismembered and drugged behind an ad. Something, something like that. I think that's right. I Marvel is killing it with their Star Wars relaunch. That's all there is to it. Star Wars number two came out this week. It was better than Star Wars number one. I don't know what to tell you. It was awesome. If you don't think the new Star Wars books are great, you're a jerk. Yeah, stop listening to the show because we hate you. Don't stop listening to this show. No, please. We and love you. We, yeah. We can't. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're, we've been drinking. We're very sorry. The THN trade of the week is the sculptor graphic novel from first, second books written and illustrated by Scott McCloud. You may know him from a little book called Understanding Comics. If you haven't read it, it is one of the most important graphic novels out there. It's so good. David Smith is giving his life for his art, literally, thanks to a deal with death. The young sculptor gets his childhood wish to sculpt anything he can imagine with his bare hands. But now that he only has 200 days to live, deciding what to create is harder than he thought. And discovering the love of his life at the 11th hour isn't making it any easier. This is a story of desire taken to the edge of reason and beyond of the frantic clumsy dance steps of young love and a gorgeous portrait of the world's greatest city. It's also about the small, warm, human moments of everyday life. Scott McCloud wrote the book on how comics work. Now he vaults into great fiction with a breathtaking new work. This is our book of the month for Take a Look at the end of February. Read along with us. Cry along with us. By the way, that segment's We're called Take a Look, It's in a Book. Yeah, we all know what it's called. Not Calm everybody. down. You have, to, you have to keep in mind there may be some first-time listeners. We don't get a lot of them, but... <laughs> well, they're, they're definitely not going to be second-time listeners. I'm going to say they're at least one. <laughs> anyway, I've heard nothing but great things about it. I can't wait. Yeah, McLeod's amazing. After you're done whining about the ethics of building a better baby, let us know what you're excited to read next week over at the THN forums. <laughs> Everyone. It's Ask a Nerd time again, kitties, where Joey and I cannonball into the pool of unread letters we get and then answer one lucky listener's comic book query. This week, THN Forum stalwart and answer of the week contributor, Anthony from Brooklyn, called and asked us this question. It's Anthony! Hello, Joe and Matt. This is Anthony from Brooklyn with an Ask a Nerd question for you. So I imagine the DC offices have been somewhat reluctant to pursue large-scale new projects because they've had this move out to Burbank planned. But now that it's happened, do you think we'll ever see a DC Unlimited type app like Marvel has? And would you like to see one? Can't wait to hear your thoughts. And thank you for making me internet famous. How did I become internet famous? <laughs> Glad you asked. I became internet famous because I visit the forums at thnforums.boards.net. That's a little too complicated for you. No problem. Just visit twoheadednerd.com and click on the forum link. Whoa, whoa they're right up. If you're fans of the show, it's the best place to interact with the community. If you like first time, long time, he's there. Black Scorpion the Three, he's there too. So is Lord Steven, Master of Coin. I don't know what a Master of Coin is, but it sounds awesome. <laughs> he doesn't either. So join the forums. Post on the forums. Become internet famous thank you we didn't put him up to that best 200 bucks i've ever spent oh i mean we right definitely there. put him up to that <laughs> 
Anthony, thank you for your MP3, and thank you for pumping up the THN forums, buddy. Now, let's get I'm into it. I'm just saying it's a happy place. Let's get into it. Marvel launched the Marvel Unlimited app. Some years ago. We're going to say, I'll say five years ago. Sure. Five years ago. And they, since 75 then, years ago, have been using that app to maybe pump up stuff that isn't necessarily in print or... Well, okay, so here's what's on the, here's what's on the Marvel Unlimited app. A lot of old stuff. Yes. And then a lot of new stuff, but six months behind. Right. They've also used their app to sort of pump up some stuff that's happening in other books, such as well, they'll do older like themed, appearances of characters, uh, sure. themed and stuff, they'll do like themed like story crossover. Lines. If, for example, if Infinity's coming out, right? And so they'll they'll kind of pimp, you know, hey, here's where you find out more about Thanos or right. the Infinity Gauntlet or whatever. And it's a brilliant idea. It's absolutely brilliant. And you subscribe to the app. It's 10 bucks a month or 60 bucks a year. Right. Which is nothing. Same price as your like Xbox Gold. I right. Think, with the discount. But I'm not even sure why I get. But well, whatever. So, I mean, 60 bucks a year is half price than yeah. paying it month to month. Yeah. And you can go in and just read this stuff, which is a really cool idea. It is a huge library of Marvel's past. Why is DC not on board with this the only thing i can think of is that they didn't want to just wholesale copy marvel but i'm saying dc please wholesale copy marvel well, let's talk about wholesale copying marvel for a minute <laughs> don't talk about Something secret wars and making, convergence i'm not i'm not i'm not because it's a saying, real dante's peak volcano DC situation has made a living of this for a while now and vice versa you're right regardless yeah i don't get it i i, I realize the only thing i can come to is that dc has been very busy with new editorial staff, new people coming in to run the company, a gigantic move to Burbank, all this stuff happening. So maybe that's why they haven't gotten to it yet. But I don't understand the move of not doing this at all. This seems so logical and so perfect. And I would subscribe to it. I subscribe to the Marvel Unlimited one. You betcha. And I go back and read stuff. I hardly ever turn it on, but I love it. Oh, I, I love on, having access to it. I turn it on way more than I thought I would. Sure. I do. And DC absolutely should do this. I love the Marvel Unlimited app, even though it's got its problems. It's got weird gaps where you think there shouldn't be. Right. For example, why do you have every issue of Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning's Nova series except for two of them? I think they were both tie-ins. In the middle of the run. Because those two issues were tie-ins. Don't care. It doesn't make any sense. And I agree, but they do that in the trades, too. Tie-ins to what? War of Kings or whatever? Like, they've got War of Kings on there if you want to read it. I don't recall what it was, but they do that in the trades as well, which it, is stupid. It bothers me. It bothers me, too. I wish the trades just ran, here's the books in order from here to here. And I, and I understand that there are logistical concerns because these books have to be... Older books have to be scanned. They probably have to be recolored in some way or at least touched up. Of course. There might not necessarily be all of the digital files needed for a, a, a transfer of a, an issue to be put on the app. I understand. Logistically, it's a lot of work. And they aren't paying huge teams of people necessarily to completely... Uh, devote every waking moment to adding backlog right. uh, to the, the app. And to be fair, we don't know if the Marvel Unlimited app is making them money or not. It's gotta be. It's I, gotta I would be. I think so. It's gotta be because... I mean, you risk nothing by putting this stuff out there. They there risk are, nothing. Right. There are... They've got this material just laying around. It's not as though people are not buying trades because it exists. Not to mention this is a fantastic way to dissuade pirating. Oh, 
I mean, Certainly. really make it available. We're not, we're not financial guys. We don't necessarily know the, the, the nuts and bolts of, of how it profits Marvel. We it, know the nuts, but not necessarily the bolts. <laughs> right. The point is the Marvel Unlimited app is not perfect. However, I still think it's absolutely worth the cost. Yeah. And, and it's more than worth the cost. And DC should absolutely be doing this. They have this stuff. You know they do. They've got it. Put it up there. And I would say that if I would much rather, for me as a fan, everybody knows how much I love DC, I would much rather have, if I had to choose between the two, I would much rather have an app like this for DC than I would for Marvel. I want to read the history of DC Comics. I want it at my fingertips. I just want and both. I'd, and I'd pay you 10 bucks a month gladly, gladly, to be able to read it whenever I wanted. Or $60 a year, which comes out to, I think, like it's maybe a buck 50 a month. I can't do that math. I it's don't know. five bucks a month. Oh, sorry. <laughs> So should DC do it? Yes, DC should do it. And I do see it coming down the pipe. I mean, I hope so. I do. I absolutely do. I think this is where not just DC, but I think this is where a lot of comic book companies are are going. And it just makes sense. And DC, you know, they might see more value in making older books available a la carte through Comixology because instead of being 10 bucks a month or whatever, it's a dollar a book. But and why that share makes them that? more money? Why share it with Comixology when you can control it? I couldn't tell you. I, I just DC makes a lot of decisions that baffle me. And I my in my gut, I feel like the primary reason why DC didn't immediately jump on is because they didn't like the perception that they would be just stealing the idea from Marvel. See, I, I just don't know why. But to me, a good idea is a good idea. Yeah. No one complains about Amazon Prime. No. And and versus Netflix, <laughs> except for Netflix, <laughs> I'm happy to have both. Right. So in answer to your question, we don't know, but we would both like to see it happen. And it seems to make logical sense. So here's what you do. Write your congressman. Don't write your congressman. Write your mayor. Write DC. <laughs> but start screaming at him. I'm serious, guys. Let's all get on Twitter. Let's all send some emails. Start screaming at him. We want a DC unlimited or call whatever the fuck you want digital yeah. archive of this old stuff that you don't have in print. We want to go back and we want to read old issues of the Omega men, old issues of Hawk world, yes, old issues yes. of whatever, because we know you've got it. Share it with us. Write Jeff Johns. His That's personal email is sexyman 48 at hotmail.com. I thought it was pants come down 69 at hotmail.com. He may have changed it. <laughs> Anthony, thank you so much for your call. I realized we probably did not answer anything, but we had fun talking in about typical it. ask a nerd faction we didn't answer any questions if you have a question for ask a nerd you can submit it to us on the forums through the email twitternerd at gmail.com call the ziggurat hotline 402-819-4894 send an mp3 to the aforementioned gmail account come to my house and spray paint it on my garage whatever you want to do find me at legend and let me record you on my phone i don't <laughs> care we want to hear from you this is your forum. Let us pretend like we know stuff. And we're here discussing. That's what we want. We want discussion. Yeah. Not just like, is this guy going to die? Yes. We want to get into it, man. Let's get into it. This is a public service announcement with guitar. And that is it for the International Clash Day edition of THN. If you like a political message with your punk rock as much as we do, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or TuneIn, where we still need your star ratings, your reviews, your thumbs up, and your little hearts, because it helps us to connect with other potential listeners. 
It does. Thank you to all of our donors. And if you want to keep us in beer and egg whites for our Mohawks, you can do so by clicking our anarchist PayPal button at twoheadednerd.com. I kind of feel like if it was really anarchist, it would not have a PayPal account. Well, I mean, it's doing what it can. Anarchy is expensive. It's working within the system. <laughs> like a true anarchist. Yeah, you go. <laughs> well, you get in and you and you stir it up. And if you want to become a sustaining member, it's as easy as clicking the Make This Donation Monthly box. And as little as a buck a month really does help, guys. If you're interested in sponsoring this anti-establishment podcast, shoot us an email with the subject line, Sponsorship. While you're there, you can find links to all of our contact info via Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Skype, and the Ziggurat Hotline, 402-819-4894. We talk about it all the time because it's f***ing awesome. Using this list of resources, you can beg the comic pushers for a new read. You can hit us with your Ask a Nerd questions or trivia or defend your questionable nerd taste in front of the two-headed judge for our Defender segment. I would love to hear someone defend the new 52. would love to hear it. Or you can send us your self-published comic, be it printed, digital, airbrushed on the back of your leather jacket, whatever. And don't forget to sign up for the THN forums. This is your little virtual piece of the ziggurat. We can discuss this week's show, how Joe Strummer and the Mescaleros was far superior to Big Audio Dynamite, or just rap about comics. Joey, what is going on in the forums right now? The forums are a magical place. They are. So many great things are happening. We're talking about the original art we own. We're talking about all of the new DC and Marvel news as it happens. People are freaking out about it right now. I'll tell you what. Lord Steven, Master of Coin, is really great about running to the forums the second anything happens. He is good. And saying, here's what's happening. Let's talk about it. Go. (laughs) And perhaps my favorite conversation on the forums happening right now is the create your own version of the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. But it has to be decade specific and genre specific. Pick a decade, (laughs) pick a genre, not comics, and then pick some villains and go. And my favorite one so far is Brian Domingos' one that features 90s sitcom characters. So cool. That recasts (laughs) B. Arthur's character from Golden Girls as the muscle. (laughs) Valky from Perfect Strangers as an aging communist spy. It's amazing. These guys are doing God's work over there. Man, we should all be writing for Saturday Night Live. If you dig the music you hear on this show, you can follow our soundtrack playlist on Spotify by searching for Matt's Spotify profile. His name is Matt Baum. It's true. Remember to follow Twitter Nerd on Twitter, like our Facebook page, and watch the forums if you want to get in on the Question of the Week discussion. And then be sure to tune in to hear your answers on the Answer of the Week podcast every Wednesday. But if you need more THN in your life now, get over to 2 and check out our regular content and our archived content. So much stuff. <laughs> that means he can't come up with anything to mention right now. Well, <laughs> Next week, the comic pushers are back cooking down some highly addictive comic product for one junkie to snort straight up into their dome. Oh, that means I got So, if you're looking for a new read, call, email, or post on the forums what you're into, and we will suggest a fat stack of funny books just for you. Before we go, our weekly shout-out goes to Chris, that's C-R-I-S, Peter, talented colorist of many fine titles, including last week's Casanova, Acedia from Image Comics. Thanks to the timely intervention of Mr. Keith Silva, THN has learned that Chris Peter is, in fact, a woman. 
not a man, as we previously reported. Word to you, Miss Peter, and rest assured, the research team in the Ziggurat Sex Dungeon has been punished severely. Don't ask us how, you don't want to know. Until next time, true believers, remember to pre-order your comics, because your retailer just might reveal their true gender to you for it. This is the Two-Headed Nerd, signing off. Oh,